We are happy to present this episode to you ad-free, but we're also sad to present this episode to you ad-free because ads pay the bills, and I don't see you paying the bills, but you can pay the bills by directly supporting us via philosophyimprov.com slash support. This is Philosophy versus Improv, where two sages try to teach each other a thing or two, and maybe you, the audience, get something out of it as well. My name is Bill Arnett, an improv egghead, curious about philosophy. I'm Mark Lintemeyer, a philosophy personage who's persevering at improv. And our special guest today... Hi, I'm Brooke Bright. Happy to be here. No, I'm an improviser and do a lot of other stuff, too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Two against one today, Mark. Well, and I like that improvised tone. Am I happy to be here? It was left a little unclear. The audience might even think you're a hostile witness. That's called texture. It is. I think I don't always know how I feel about things as they're coming out of my mouth. So then we just leave it to ambiguity and then we figure it out. Then we all get there together. Speaking of ambiguity, the uh, discussion starter that I had brought to the table had to do with the difference between signs and symbols. Has either of you heard of these as being different things? This is sort of new to me recently. No. I mean, define signs, define symbols. I'll tell you how they're different, I guess. This is trying to get at the idea that a sign is something that it might even occur in nature, right? You see there's smoke, therefore there's probably fire. So the smoke is a sign of fire. And so animals do this all the time. They kick up their little prairie dog squawk, and this indicates this is a sign that there's a predator coming or whatever the thing that they're trying to communicate. But what's important about those signs is that they're all indicators of something that's right there. So like anything you say, even if you think your dog knows your name or your spouse's name or the names of other things, like if you say your spouse's name or, you know, where's mommy or whatever, then they look for mommy. They can't think in the abstract that this word mommy just simply refers to mommy. So a symbol then as the innovation that it actually refers to, it stands in for something that is not present. And in fact, its function is not that you go look for the thing immediately. It's that the thing actually comes to mind. And this is something allegedly that animals just simply can't do. So it makes me think if there's like a gas station and there's an actual sign above the gas station, but let's say that the gas station has been leveled since (laughs) being there. So it no longer exists. Then now the sign is a symbol. Yes. Of what the gas station used to be, because there's not a gas station there. The pump would be a sign. Oh, there's gas over there. And the sign that says GAS, something that does not exist in nature, those letters, the humans would interpret, oh, that symbol, I know what that symbol means. I think as Brooke just pointed out, even in that case, it is being used as a sign. So a sign is sort of a functional term. What is cool about this to me is that it's so close to just like behaviorist conditioning, Right, The fact that you know you ring a bell and then you feed the dog and then the bell symbolizes it. No, it's a sign for that food is coming. You know, We'll make them salivate. And the fact that this occurs in nature and there are signs of seeing the scat of an animal as a sign of the animal, that none of this is intentional. It's not like the animal strategically left his scat there. Like, I was here. Ah! You'd no, be can. surprised. <laughs> You'd, I think territorial marking is a thing that does happen in nature. Ask our uh, cat. Loves marking random beds and piles of dirty clothes, claiming them for her own. Have any of your family members been claimed by the cat? No, but we have accidentally stepped in claiming. Mm-hmm. We have stepped on, we, we have received a sign that I have stepped in a symbol of ownership. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Does that make sense, Mark? Does that track? Is that what we're getting at? And this might be like most philosophical theses, something that is philosophical controversial. Work? Philosophical theses. A thesis. Okay. A thesis, but more than one. <laughs> yeah. But that we was were we were down intention. that road. We were. <laughs> or as many people consider philosophical theses to be philosophical theses, they mm-hmm. might be one and the same. You know, this might be controversial that animals cannot engage in symbology and you might try with your dog. I'm not saying there is a treat coming. I just want you to think about treats. Can you just think about that for a minute? Well, I think there is something with like cats and babies and like having raised children. There's that line when the kids become smarter than the cat. And that moment is if the cat has my attention, I point, they look at my finger and, you know, a baby would too. But then the baby learns when I point, they're supposed to turn their head in the direction at which I'm pointing. And eventually my children picked up on that, but the cat never did. And even though there's a mouse or a bird in the house and I'm trying to get the cat to earn its keep by pointing at it, they just look at the tip of my finger. Is that symbol? A point is a symbol? Yes, so like that convention. And I guess that's also one of the points here is that symbols, of course, don't have to be just words. That they could be conventions. They could be that we went out and we had a rip-roaring time last night and got super drunk, and we came up with a new, like, we'll, you know, raise our glasses in the air kind of symbol. And then in the future, if we do that to each other, and we're doing this in memory of that evening we had together, it could just be a nonverbal symbol that we just set up based on that shared experience. Rituals can be symbols. Yes, and this was the idea that, in fact, maybe what a lot of became explicit language started out as something more informal, started out as something more ritualistic or, you know, and this is how words even develop that they all, anyway, I don't want to give too much of it away. This early in the podcast, have we said enough to set us on a path to do a little improvising? We certainly can. And Brooke, you will have no problems with this part, but it's very straightforward. (laughs) I usually have a lesson as well. Not that you had problems elsewhere. Let me just be be clarify. It's fine. Uh, You will additionally (laughs) have no problems here. Well, Mark, I think that could be a topic too. I think non-philosophical people are either afraid or dismissive of philosophy at times. Does that make sense? Uh, Yeah, if if it's a bunch of theses. Yeah. Hear that as you will. Yeah. Okay, anyway, that was an aside. I usually have a little bit of a lesson, too. And the way it's been running lately is me demonstrating the lesson rather than just explaining the lesson, and then we go from there. Although I will say this. Maybe we all, at the beginning of this, all kind of feel the same way about the situation that's happening. That's something we've talked about, Mark, this notion mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. general agreement. Generally, we agree, and those, those can be wonderful fun scenes and fine scenes. You know, when you're out with your buddies and hanging out, you generally agree about what's going on, and you still enjoy yourself and have a good time. I mean, I pretend to, yes. Well, y- yes, okay. The scene hasn't started yet, okay? It's camouflage. It hasn't started yet. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Who wants to get the thing started? I vote for Brooke. She's underused so far on the show. Yeah, I left. I came back. But um, okay, yeah, just about anything. About anything you like. I just, um, it feels good to be with people, you know? Like, I feel like I've just been home a lot recently. And now just kind of like being in your backyard, it's gorgeous. Did you plant everything back here? Most of it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's so great to have you guys here. I've just been longing for this day for so many years. It seemed like the the pandemic has just lasted eons. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's nice to, nice to be out. Uh, nice to be out and around to people, I guess. I mean, I was spending mostly my time with my azaleas here. So you like those, those in particular? Mm-hmm. Mm. When they bloom. 
is the best part because that is recognizable to me what's happening there. And that's nice. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very pretty, very fragrant. Yeah. It's like the flowers themselves are showing what we should be doing, that we should be flourishing. And, and yet we're, we're inside, not getting enough sunlight. But now we're out. Now we're out with new people. Yep. And now yep. there's people around. That's great. Do you know who that... I don't actually know that guy in the red over there. He could just be a neighbor. Did you? one of you guys bring him? I opened the gate. And he came in right behind me. So I said, oh, ha, ha. like, you want me to close it? And he said, yeah, no, it's okay. I'm good. I thought he was a part, not, he's not a part of the house. I'm just, uh, we're, uh, huh? We're outside. We're enjoying ourselves. We're outside enjoying ourselves. Yeah, right? I mean, just- at this point, like, and just any human contact is good as far as I'm concerned. I guess stranger danger is, uh, you know, we're adults. Mm-hmm. It's, it's okay. Yeah. Human contact. Lots of fun. I will say it's easier to talk to you guys at work. Like when we're online, it's easier than uh, now that we're seeing each other face to face. There's not the parameters I'm used to. It's almost too much space because I'm used to being able to address you, looking right at you, also looking at myself. And right now while I'm talking to you in person, I can't look at myself. So I'm having a lot of trouble understanding like how I'm coming across. And I just kind of want to know, like, is this okay? Or is this fine? But can I mute myself for a second? Guess mind if I just mute myself? Go, yeah, please. Okay. Please. You know, you look fine to me. If you okay. want me to give you some specific feedback, so you really, mm-hmm. you think the azaleas are just like kind of too big compared to the tulips back here? I was worried that the tulips weren't going to show. Diane, up enough. are you around? I'm sort yeah, of. Uh, are you any? Huh? The azaleas are kind of. They're kind of taking over. Which is fine. Like, if that's your intention, and I don't know your intention with it, but honestly, I feel like it's, um, it's a little unbalanced, but I don't mind that. Okay, I'm unmuted now. Mm-hmm. Did you set a background when you came in today, Bill? It seems like, you know, I set the flowers here, and I kind of tried to cultivate it so I would be standing. Okay, could you actually move over? Just All right, so this is the angle that I wanted you to see me from. So it would just be kind of more like Zoom. If I have to spell that out. Is this working? Is this working for any of us, really? Is this, I mean, is seeing people again actually working? No, I don't want this. I have been quelching so many belches and farts and yawns and coughs and sneezes that normally I could just turn off my camera or just sit really, really still, you know? Mm -hmm. Wow. What if, Bill, I were to take your hand and just hold it for a second? What? What? No, get away. No touch. What if HR found out? I'm just saying there should be some advantages to being in physical proximity, and while there are obvious disadvantages like the odor and the, the what you're wearing on your legs, there should be some advantages as well. Um. Okay, you can. We can touch. All right. Should we maybe get in a circle? Like maybe do some kind of. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know. My I could name, turn on. My name's Phil. I'm the guy in the red shirt that you let in through the gate. God. Um, uh, um, I just, I just wanted to say that um, I, this was a mistake on my part, but I'm really enjoying watching what's happening here, and I didn't know if I'm, I'm all into to touching. Did we just get zoom bombed? We got I zoom bombed. Did I think we did? Who's got admin? I should have admin. Um, yeah, can we get him out of here? Kick yeah, out, push the button, kick him out. Phil, how did you get this meeting address? 
gate was open, and then I just I walked right in. I didn't um I didn't ask anybody because uh gotta be honest, Phil does what Phil wants to do. It's Phil time. Filling what, time. What? And uh, what were your intentions? What were the next steps here? Was this going to be friend-making time? Was this going to be, you got some business in particular you had in mind? I smelled the flowers. I saw those azaleas from a mile away, and I said, they're a bit large. <sighs> I knew they were too much. They're a bit large, but, um, you know, that's kind of Phil's style. So I said, this feels like a good place. Didn't have a real motive upon coming in. Once I came in, enjoyed the charcuterie immensely immensely not something I get a lot of at home. It's not something you usually make for yourself, is it? No, no. Feels extravagant. Feels too much. Like, what kind of party is this? These are these are the kind of people I want to be around. Look at this. Look at that. The meat is folded. Who has time for that? You folded it. Beautiful. Beautiful work. Well, uh, thanks. Glad you enjoyed the, the folded meats. Maybe you could visit the next house? I think okay. there's something going on over uh, next door. Why don't you head that way, and um, uh, we'll close the gate behind you. That's fine. I, You know what? I've come for what I wanted, which I didn't know until I was here. So right. I, I feel yeah, maybe satisfied. No, you you don't heavy. have to shake my hand. You just, yeah, mm. just back mm. back slowly away. Mm. It's, it's, uh, it's okay. Yeah. Yep. You're almost there. Mm. You, you want to take, you could take a, okay, mm-hmm. take, all right. Well, four muffins seems enough. That's right. fine. No, really, I'll take more. Uh, okay, I just no, you can't. I mean, leave the bag there. Why don't you just? Well, how am I going to carry can, it? What you can fit in your hands is probably sufficient. Maybe L- keep, I have large hands. Keep, keep moving that way. Okay. All right. I'm going to let the dog out. Yeah, we got we got to close the gate. See ya. Bye. Yay! Yay! Outstanding. I will say this one as an aside: if you're ever having a dinner party or garden party. Do you have plates or do you have napkins? Do you know? Do you guys know the rule? Plates or napkins? I would for think paper plates outside for for just like a yeah. We're, ha- we're having a cocktail hour with appetizers. Should we have plates or napkins? If you can finish the appetizer in one bite, napkins. If it mm. takes more than one bite, plates. What about a dip? What's dip rules? Probably napkins. That's got yeah yeah oh yes. Yes. Well, no, you dump a little dip on the on plate. Napkin. I think is yeah. the is the mm. yeah 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 not on a napkin. What do you? What kind of savage has Dip on a napkin. It is dipping things, just, dipping chips in a napkin. Imagine if you went to a party and they handed you like an individual spoon of dip, like a spoon, like a fancy restaurant spoonful of dip with a solitary chip sticking out of it. Like, that, that sounds like it's kind of frou frou. Like you would go to a wedding and there's a, someone with a platter with just a bunch of spoons with you know guac and a chip. I'd be mad. I'd be really <laughs> mad about that. Yeah, because then you got like got all these spoons. I'm getting. What do I do with all these dirty spoons? Yeah, I carry around in my pocket. Now, Fun how did that work, Bill? Well, in terms of the, I, of it didn't. It didn't turn the over. The punt didn't turn over like I wanted it to, and that's fine. I was being a little obtuse with my directions and instructions. I'll take it on myself. You all did fine. America's gonna love Phil. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> and that was certainly a, a fun thing. But I'm currently reformulating what I was going for, and but that's fine. But there is a very important lesson in there, Mark. I mean, I like that we all started with the same mood and in fact we didn't even know exactly what the mood was and this just evolved very quickly as to it's not just that it's good to be together but no it's actually sort of terrible and sort of weird to be together but yet nominally good all things we liked about zoom are gone and we secretly miss zoom not true
I sort of let it sit with that rather than the azaleas represented my love for you or any crap like that, which was what the philosophy, the symbolism versus signs would have pushed toward. But I let the moment be. Indeed. I just know for myself, I often try to come at things from an emotional place. And I think for me, a lot of like what was relevant about that is transitions and is expectations which relates to symbolism and signs to me, Mm -hmm. like signs kind of connect a lot to or symbols of like your expectation, again, of what you either are going to encounter or receive or what it means. So yeah, for me, there's a little bit of that that was present to me in all of that. Different layers of that. You're expected to be excited to be around people. And you also could be at the same time terrified. Phil thought that the expectation of a charcuterie platter was going to mean a very fancy party and a place that he would want to be. So that's why he inserted himself in such. Yeah, I think that's a great point. Maybe emotions are signs. They are signs we send people. We wear them on our face, you know, and certainly animals. We love taking pictures of animals and putting human emotions onto animals. You know, you bust a dog for peeing on the carpet and it's got a sad face. Is the dog really sad? I don't know, but it's like the human idea of what a sad dog face would be. And I think animals can communicate to each other with their faces and tails and ears and all those things. And is that a form of signage? Just to introduce another distinction within signs is you could say what I've been calling signs. Some of them are actually not signs. They're symptoms that a sign indicates some actual intent to communicate. Mm -hmm. But it seems like where exactly the line is, is not clear. There are some things clearly, you know, the scat on the ground, unless it was intentionally left there or the pustules on your face might be a symptom of some underlying ailment, it's probably not a sign. Unless it's, you want to say it's your body telling you to stop eating whole bags of Fritos that you're breaking out. So a sign is also just how it's perceived by the person perceiving it, right? Mm -hmm. For me, that means a lot to like how people take things, like how people can take situations in different ways too, or an expression. You know, when you said emotion, could be a sign. It's like, well, emotion itself, but like how we choose to like express that emotion or how it is perceived. Because again, that is a whole gray area of how we receive that kind of information and process it. And what is freeing about a symbol as opposed to a sign is that it can be divorced from the emotion that might have launched it into existence. Well, I wish we had this conversation before the scene because this is exactly what I was going for. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's have another scene. Well, hold on. Then. Let me. I'm gonna send okay. a little message right. to Brooke via, via chat. <laughs> well, not to not to explain, but to have you do the job, and then okay. I will be able to backstop and referee and pick up Mark's slack. Let's just be perfectly honest. But to support the choice, and when I type it, maybe you'll see. Oh, okay. Oh, I see totally what Bill was going for. Mm. This is also relying on the fact that I will accomplish a thing in an improv. Oh, uh, please, wait, please, no, no, but I laugh all the time because I used to go into improv scenes and be like, set arbitrary goals for myself. And ah, I would that's just right. Be don't like, look. Mark, don't look. Mark, don't look. I sent it to everyone. It was I sent public. It, to everyone. <laughs> it, it was, was public. public. <laughs> how embarrassing. Oh, man. <laughs> how ironic that Bill doesn't know how to use Zoom chat. Oh, after, I'm just done. I was scene. also talking. I feel like I was distracting in the exchange. No, no. Stop blaming yourself. Well, Mark, now you know. The cat's out of the bag. All right, how's that for a symbol of my own? Yes, now Mark is typing furiously. I'm mm-hmm. trying to fill up the screen. I'm trying to fill so up the screen. Okay. What you put disappears. Now I've forgotten it already. Okay. 
Brooke, did, you, did you see it, Brooke? Oh yeah. Does that, oh, yeah. Does that I, make everyone saw it? <laughs> well, oh, the audience gosh. didn't see it, so we can there still. There we go. We can still feel there that. we go. Now, will Mark know what to do with it? Definitely mm-hmm. not. You know. I just saw the <laughs> gate open. I just wandered in. Yes. to the improv world for the yeah. Sh- and, then and to further to further cleanse the palate, I'll finish just saying that like I used to promise myself I would like do an entire show where I'd be eating a different kind of potato chip in every scene, <laughs> and then like just to distinguish, and then would never do it, but like would have that goal for myself at the top and be like, I'm gonna do this. That'd be funny, and then just would never do it. Different flavor of potato chip, or different- I don't know, <laughs> different vehicle that they come in. Uh, okay. <laughs> just a small nuance that I was like, this will entertain me, which is mostly what's important. Tell me, you couldn't imagine an improv teacher. All right, day one, everybody. I'm gonna give each of you a flavor of potato chip. See if someone did That's that. That's your thing, inspiration. I'd be so mad at them. That's your inspiration. <laughs> Your inspiration will be a mm-hmm. ruffled chip, mm. a ruffled mm-hmm. non-name brand chip, local variety of a ruffled chip. Go a ruffled chip. You of no are a barbecue chip. Go. You are a kettle chip, salt and vinegar kettle chip. All right. Now your last scene was terrible. I asked you specifically to be a restaurant style hint of lime tortilla chip, and that, I didn't see it at all in your performance. I did not see anything. No hint of lime. Nothing. See, if I do that to myself, I'm delighted. If somebody else says that to me, I'm like, no, no, absolutely not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please yeah. leave. I'm excited to be barbecue. I'm not oh. merely barbecue. I'm specifically Texas barbecue. And if you think that I'm a, one of those northern barbecues, well, chew on that. Yeah. <laughs> you get vintners out there in, uh, in Wisconsin, Mark, or is that just a Chicago thing? I don't know. It's, a, it's like I'm, a local potato. You know, every region, you, everyone gets Frito-Lay, but then you've got your local chip you opened the pandora's box here brooke i could talk for hours <laughs> that's great that was my goal my goal was to like really like just again get us far away from the moment when you almost ruined everything and then just try to bring us back in pill what do the chips well i'm glad they're with you what do they what do they symbolize i'm happy brooke recognized a moment of insecurity on my end and is trying to help me and trying to save the show from my screw up and that was thank you the chips symbolize indulgence and lunch. I'll tell you that much. I think chips are only available to be eaten between 11.30 a.m., 1.30 p.m., and then again starting at 8.30 p.m. Chips at any other time in the morning or late afternoon into evening is just weird. Dinner chips? No. It's lunchtime or late night snack. A glimpse into what a terrible mom I am of the first time my uh, older kid went to summer camp, came back the first day and was like, Mom, have you ever heard of Doritos. <laughs> like, and yeah. I just had to play cool and be like, what? What is that? Huh. Are, sounds great. We should get that sometime, but yeah. fully just not. I was oh, like, yeah. we're not getting that. Like, I want that deal with that in the house. Meanwhile, there's but yeah, a- it comes in like, have you, like, as if I wouldn't have been like preventing them from having them, but like, I just had never heard of it. Like, it wasn't yeah. even an option. Didn't even know about it. Meanwhile, there's a montage playing in your brain of you from age eight to 25. Just eating Doritos in school, <laughs> on the playground, at a friend's house, in college. Just like, yeah, I know Doritos. <laughs> yeah, and instead cut to my dead-eyed stare at my child of like, hmm, what? Doritos? That sounds like it might be Spanish or Mexican. Okay. Mm, sounds fun. Let's do it. All right. Mark has definitely forgotten the secret <laughs> secret Doritos, sauce for the Doritos, scene that's about to happen. Yes. But Doritos. it makes sense. It makes sense, Brooke? Yes. And does it make sense when I asked everyone to kind of play along at the beginning we'll do that again i'll play along wink wink at the beginning 
All right, Mark, are we ready? You want me to start the thing? You can, if you wish. Hey, it's chip party. Let's have... All right. We brought all the kinds of chips. Well, I we think lined this is them great. up. When you emailed, hey, everybody, send me your top three chips. I just thought it was for some weird <laughs> internet post, but you actually bought them. This is kind of fun. I get to try everybody's favorite chip. This is fun. Wow. Got- yay. Wow. This is the best idea you've ever had. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think, yeah, it's good. Yeah, so we're going to take turns and we're going to not look and just pull from one of the 72 buckets at random. <laughs> and then you're going to guess which kind it is. We're going to spin this you around. Nuts. I got a lot of chips. Yeah. This, um, this is exactly how um, I wanted to spend my day. Uh, you all right, Brock? Yeah, I am. You're good? Wonderful. Let's get you uh, maybe some water, uh, uh, bubble, oh. some bubble water or something. Just to, we okay. gotta wa- wash those yeah. chips down. You want to have a clean pilot because you don't know whether you're going to get tequila lime or there's some like bacon kind of chips. There's so many ch- different options. If I put it in my mouth and it's bacon, I couldn't ask for anything better. Are you all right, Brooke? Is everything okay? Yeah. Hmm. You you're like. Nearly in tears, and I don't think they're happy tears. Are those happy tears? No, so, so good. Everything about, this is a new couch? Well, is this I, couch I, new? I had to replace the couch because I got too many chips on the old one. Sure. Brooke, are you, you're obvious, you're in tears right now. What, what, the, what the hell? What's going on? Do you not want to be here? Things couldn't be better. Things couldn't be better for me. At the peak of my career, and also, like, just friends surrounded by friends. That's great. Is, is it work? Is it Johnny? Yeah. Is it your yeah. your your mother? What's happened? Brooke. Brooke. They're all great. And if you look in bucket number 72, you can probably tell before you even try it, it's chocolate chips. Right, Mark, uh, clearly, Brooke is not, doesn't want to be here. Something's going on. I can only get the two of you to come. I, I kind of need each of you to... To keep your end of the morale here going, or else this party is not going to be, it's going to be a great party. By the time we get through chip number 20, you're going to forget all your problems, Brooke. Okay, I Mark, don't have any problems. Brooke, well, see, there's nothing, there's nothing to get rid of. Brooke is sending clear signs that something is wrong. Or do you not see the signs? Do you not see the signs? She's <laughs> quivering, quivering. Her knees are quivering. She is clutching. I don't know what that's, a, a crumpled pearls. tissue. Her pearls, literally pearls. She's reached for that tissue in her sleeve about eight times. Yeah, well, do you think maybe somebody buying 72 different kinds of chips is maybe not a sign itself that something needs to be addressed and having a little support from my, okay, Mark, my two best Mark, friends? Mark, we will, uh, one friend problem at a time, all right? All right, what kind of chip do you need? We're not talking chips right now, Mark. Table for, the chips, okay? For divorce, I would say barbecue. For a loved one, a pet passing away, I would say... Cool Ranch. It's a one-to-one <laughs> correspondence. <laughs> I, 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 I'm sorry. Oh God. Yeah. I. Um, what? I. I am sad. <laughs> I'm sad. Yeah. You're sad. Yeah. I'm sad. Everything I said earlier. <laughs> so forget it. Oh, uh, Um. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That I'm was sad. that was clear. That was clear. 
Yeah. Oh, God, you came I'm in. so good. Yes. All right. So let's talk about Ooh. your let's talk about your sadness, Brooke. Mm. No. Mm. No, 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 no. Because now you're compensating with this mm. like, yeah, you've put on this saccharine smile. <laughs> yeah. It's just like the cover up. What's going on? It's fine. That smile's telling me you don't even want chips today. Mark, well, you, the <laughs> chips smile are secondary to our friend's problems, okay? Oh, uh, no, 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 no. I don't want to talk about I'm just gonna, me. I'm so just going to start shoving them in my mouth yeah. indiscriminately. I'm going to have some chips, too. I'm going to enjoy myself. Nobody is supporting me in this. Don't, Mark, we are so... <laughs> you can chew with your mouth closed, Hey, Let me just... I got to keep shoving. Okay, Brooke. What... <laughs> I'm just gonna name some things, and if you if you just blink, if it's true, okay. Okay, okay. Work. Is it work? Is the problem work? Uh, no, the problem is Mark is choking. Is Mark choking? Mark's choking. Is this an attention thing from Mark? Is he really choking? Yeah. Damn, yeah I just I was choking, and now it's too late. You oh let me die, gosh, Mark. Ah. Uh, you're so Which high. was You're my so... goal this whole time. I actually believe That's that. That's right. I actually believe that. I actually <laughs> believe that. And scene. Perfect. <laughs> we did it. Brooke, outstanding. <laughs> Top shelf. Get you Top some. Shelf. Is that a mason jar you're drinking out of? Oh, yeah. I'm real cool. <laughs> yeah. oh, so just so shabby chic. and So and, cool. Uh, yeah, welcome yeah, yeah. to my Welcome yeah. to my loft. Yeah. <laughs> Felt that scene should have ended with two people kissing a la Death Trap with Michael Caine and uh, Christopher Reeve. Uh, but I don't know which two exactly. Which two were in cahoots against the other. It was a little too complicated. All right, Mark. What was going on? What can you possibly imagine was my instruction to Brooke? Is there any way you could discern from the ignoring the words that appeared <laughs> in Zoom to me, which are just mm-hmm. looks like a string of nonsense characters as I look at it now? I would have to say that it had something to do with having a disconnect between the words and the feelings. Wow. What does that generate? What would you say that that creates or is a fertile ground to birth? It creates something for you as a character to pay attention to and for me as a character to resent the fact that you're paying attention to. (laughs) In that scene, yes, that is one way of playing it. I was talking more in a general case rather than specifically. There's a word. I'm fishing for a word. Not irony. It looked like emotional engagement is what you were going for. Something to uncover. A task for the scene to... Yes, all That's not things, the word yes. you were looking for, though. That's no, not, it's not, it's not word. the exact word I was looking for, but... Chips? Was that the word? Oh, Mark. Probably. Any guesses, Brooke, what I was fishing for? No. I'm trying... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I knew... I know, again, like, it's... Totally. Mark totally, totally, totally. nailed it of not matching what's happening here, but... I don't know exactly the word that you're going for. The word I was fishing for, and this was a very extreme and over the top, but subtext is what I was going for. Oh. In in its most Mm -hmm. literal sense. In its most literal sense, that the words don't mean what they mean. And how do we betray what words mean? Well, at its most basic level, there's something dissonant emotionally or behaviorally that makes us disbelieve the words. This was a beautiful, grotesque example that was horribly entertaining. I'll say deliciously entertaining. But that's the beginning of things, and it's something that Mark and I have talked about, and you haven't been privy to this, but having scenes that aren't necessarily about what they claim to be about. The premise, the setup, is just a set decoration. It's just a, a theater set. We know what the walls are and, and what furniture is in the room, but that doesn't dictate what the scene will be about. 
And what the scene could be about is something that we discover or something that is found. And a great way to introduce those things to get away from what's going on is to have something under what's going on, as Brooke did a very fine job of. And explanation. (laughs) Well, and this relates very nicely to what I was shooting for with this overall discussion of signs versus symbols is that What's wonderful about symbols is they're not necessarily tied to a specific use, right? We said they're disconnectable from the emotions, but once you have a symbol, you can do anything with it, and that makes it especially, I guess, coming from the other direction, one of the things, I'm not going to give some textual citations here, but one thing that makes humans maybe distinct from animals, right, who can only use signs, who can't use symbols, is that little children go through that babbling phase where they're just like trying out words, and this is sort of the idea that we are spontaneous symbol-making machines, that we spit out stuff. We're not even sure what it means at first. And then we sort of look for something to latch it onto, or when we find something to latch it onto, then that becomes like a plaything for us, that knowing as a, as a little kid that this word actually means this thing, and that you could just call it up anytime you want. There doesn't have to be Doritos there. You can just keep saying Doritos, Doritos, Doritos. And maybe as you say it, it even changes meaning for you. <laughs> You know, it becomes metaphorically attached to other things. And this is the way maybe we expand our range of words as a species is by using things that are not words or words that don't mean what we th- exactly what they were meant to mean. And so that's what all art is searching or maybe ritual is searching to express something that there isn't quite a word for yet. So sure. this is just part of that spontaneous font of creativity that is the human being. I see it so much in a different evolution of meme generation and things that I, in my older brain, have tried to like fully unravel and be like, what is the origin of this? What is the meaning behind moth loving lamp? Why does moth love lamp? And I know that moths love lamp, but why are we saying it in this context and why is it a thing? And then I had to let go and fully embrace like because somebody said it. And then a bunch of other people said it and then they shared it. And now we all want it and love it and recognize it because it's out there. Yeah. And then somebody put Kanye West's face over the lamp Mm. and it got a million likes and retweets. It's like doggo. I'm so fascinated by that and kind of meaning amongst things that necessarily different groups and generations would not also assign meaning to, but do have significance and, and seem frivolous because it's not generationally within maybe a certain group that you're relating to it or understanding. But I kind of love it. And I love when groups and generations push forward language or cultural touchstones. And Mm -hmm. I think meme generation is so much about that right now and just kind of like internet language. Yeah. And I wonder if the speed of that and the ease of that has made it actually more difficult for meanings to solidify in new ways, you know, as we were just tracing the string of memes from one to the other, it would be hard for one thing to sort of become, I don't know, a, a new part of the standard lexicon when it just seems like it all disappears as quickly as it was introduced. Yeah, it's interesting that like, you know, for years in English class and whatnot, it's like, all right, got to use the right word, speak clearly. And like, if you want to get your message across, you've got to communicate efficiently and clearly. And now it's like, no, 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 just get a car that's swerving for the off ramp and put the names of your friends in the car and then put a you know a picture of a toilet bowl on the off-ramp. And magically, we all know exactly what that means. And we laugh and laugh and laugh for hours, despite the fact that it's not anything that our composition teachers in high school or college would have ever asked us to do. But we have now more effectively communicated with 
putting Kanye West's face on top of a, all those things. A lamp. A lamp, a lamp yeah, and having a moth <laughs> around it. And the moth is, you know, Kim Kardashian's bottom. You know, wow, that means I get it. I get exactly what you're going for. And there's not a, not a word in it. So something that came up in the improv in, in both of these scenes, how do we imply or should we imply, it seems both of those should have had more than three people or more than four people in the case of the first scene. And it was unclear in the first one. Presumably there are other people there. They just didn't play an explicit part in the story. And then in the second one, I felt the need to put a bell on it that this was just a really bad party because there are only three people. Well, A, audiences don't always care and they don't always notice that there aren't other people there. And they may presume that there are. If you don't say there's only three of us or don't acknowledge it, they'll just presume or it won't be important to them, which is just kind of the smoke and mirrors of it. I thought, Brooke, if you want to talk about your technique, which was well executed. Oh, in improv, like, again, this goes to my realm of what I said earlier when I try not to ruin things. I also have gone into... probably like mid to current part of my improvising career of actively trying to ruin things in a fun way that I say that in a hopefully productive way that not overthinking or worrying about approaches to things. So in my mind, it's like if someone has been called out specifically in that instance, it was like we referenced somebody with a red shirt coming in. There may be a moment of inspiration later. That person never has to appear. It could have just been context. But it's also an opportunity that if we reference somebody already, it's like, well, why wouldn't we bring them in, you know, if it would be fun? And that's, again, how I operate. I'm like, would this be fun to do? A distinct voice, vocal difference, uh, tone difference, attitude difference. Even if we were on stage, Brooke could just like walk over to another part of the stage and be that voice and that tone and that attitude. And the audience wouldn't be, well, what happened to the other person? They'll just, they accept it as convention. And that's that. Well, I was wondering what happened to your original character. Oh, yeah, no she was in it. shock. She was in shock from the whole situation. And uh, <laughs> that, that is the danger of when you introduce something else and then it's kind of more fun than what you already did. And you're like, okay, well, we'll revisit her at some point. But this guy, we're going we're gonna to go all in on Phil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What does this say about the original scene? Mm. Oh. <laughs> this is me as an improviser going, jumping on another ship. <laughs> <laughs> another thing I feel like Bill and I have abandoned trying to name characters in general because it's too confusing oh, sure. for me to remember who the hell even I am. Yeah. So just use our own names unless mm-hmm. it matters. Is that absolutely? Okay. Yeah, I think Brooke would agree too that amongst the circles of improvisers, any improviser at any point in time will have a pool of four or five names. They'll they'll just every dude is Carl, every lady is Danielle for about eight months, and then you finally recognize you've named everyone Carl and everyone Danielle. It's like I can't. I need new two new stock names. <laughs> yeah, especially if you're doing something that involves multiple scenes that take place in different. I was always like. terrible often long form when you would need to like recall a very specific thing or person or instance and would full-on be deer in headlights of just being like you're saying something to me that I should know in this (laughs) scene you were looking at me very intently and trying to bring me back to and I will agree and I will 
pretend like I know what I'm doing until I do or I don't and we'll figure it out. But yeah, like I think like that kind of stuff. And it's just because I move on to the next thing so quickly. And I do like that things can come back, but they don't have to. And so if it feels natural, like that's a great place to go. But I definitely thrive in the what's next, what's next, what's next, like kind of stuff. So Bill, would you have preferred in that last scene either to actually uncover what Brooke's character was upset about as opposed to merely her playing with the technique that you gave her, I felt as a character, I could not possibly divert from being obsessed with the chips since that was like... It's the the journey, Mark. It's the journey. It's not the destination. I'm telling you, and there's another universe somewhere where you did move away from the chips reluctantly. Now, again, couldn't you have done that same technique? Yes, fine. Okay, Brooke, what's the matter? (sighs) How can we help? How can we help you? My emotion says I want to get back to the chip party, but my words, no, because it's a friend uh, that we need to service my friend's needs. All right, what do we need to do? Okay, let's talk about work. Is there anything you can do? Can you call? Have you thought about calling HR? Can we get back to the chip party? Can we get back to the chip party? Can we, does, that, does that make sense, Mark? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. And in, in another universe, that's what, exactly what you did. So take pride in that, that you did do it in another reality. All right, so can we get back to the game? Can we get back to deciding whether the philosophy lesson here or the, the improv lesson here was most yes, profound? Yes, can we yes, get yes, back to yes, that? Yes, we can. You've been pushing us all the sort of different directions. I want to get back on track. I want to finish this up. Now your words and emotions actually link up. Now they're actually <laughs> in sync. Fine. Can you, give, Mark, can you give us a read of you really are ready to get to finish up the show, but you don't want to... Does that make sense? Sarcasm generally is a kissing cousin in this kind of thing. But can you give us a words don't match the emotion read? I know that we're supposed to finish the show. Can we just talk just briefly for 65 minutes about Magic Tavern? And then we'll, I really want to just be done with this. Sh- See, I don't know how to do I, I Verbally, <laughs> I have to acknowledge the other thing. That's your homework for the next two weeks, Mark. All right. You'll drive all your friends and family bananas when your words and <laughs> emotions don't match. The question you brought up earlier of like, do we want to get to the reason of why I was upset? I didn't have a reason. And that was clear because I never said it and decided not to and went, am I going to make one up? And I went, Was it because a a chip killed your parents? (laughs) Maybe, maybe. But I think it is interesting. It's hard to put on an opposite if you kind of don't have that reason sometimes. So like when you're saying like, I want to do this thing, it's like you kind of need that like deep resounding actual want to be under there and the thing you're fighting against to have that subtext read properly. Yeah, it's interesting to, I guess, for if we were to push on you, I'm sure at some point you may have just invented something. Oh, I would have said something nonsensical. Yeah, absolutely. Not to get all uh, quantum mechanical, but, you know, it's a probability of it's going crazy. And we're, is it family? Is it, you know, it's like, we're like, well, those are probably the answers. But until we collapse that wave function, mm-hmm. until we sit Brooke down and break her, and then suddenly we will know exactly. I watched, I watched a video on YouTube about quantum mechanics. So that's all I can. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you're forcing me, Bill, to make one more point about the signs versus symbols. That symbols actually allow us to lie. Right, The fact that we said we can disassociate the word with its customary setting, its customary emotion. So you know, brain studies show you know, if somebody has aphasia, right, you've damaged a part of the brain that allows them to make words. They also have a lot of trouble envisaging counterfactual situations, things that could have been otherwise 
You know, which is what you need to lie. Let's just keep extending the show. Everyone's ready to get more. Fine. No need to end it now. Let's keep doing, let's do a hundred more episodes of this. I was giving I'm the read, Mark. I was on, doing the thing I asked for. for this. <laughs> we believed you. Again, they're all too close to sounding real. <laughs> I was like, Bill is pissed. <laughs> I feel like maybe we are both empty vats with no true emotional core. So any words that come out of us could mean anything. And that is the success of the show. Every night, right before I go to bed, I take my medicine, I use the toilet, I kiss my wife, and I say, and seen to myself. Oh, no. <laughs> no. Of course no. not. Oh, that is just... <laughs> oh. <laughs> Could you imagine that person, though? I bet that person... Yes. <laughs> yes. I've met them. Okay, yes. so several of I'm them. I'm sure. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Theater is life. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's time to put a closer on this. It's been wonderful having you, Brooke. You've got one last little job to do, and that is to choose which message you felt was more impactful. This is an artifact from when this show began, and we're just keeping Mm -hmm. this ritual intact, even though some weeks everything is all simpatico and agrees. Yeah. Don't make it easier, Honor. No. this This is a serious responsibility. It's the whole point of the show. A lot of people forward through the rest of this just crap. To just get to, to get this to this moment. moment? Yes. Yeah. And I think that is why I will just come out and say, obviously, Mark, because first of all, I relate so much. Like my my brain wants to go to discuss signs and symbols and meaning and representation in that way. And I had never thought of it that way until the first words out of your mouth. And Bill, I love you, but you really chatted the whole, the whole thing. It was a tough start. You shared the dirty laundry. That was a technical error. That's like, you know, the quarterback's headset not working. You know, that's what that was. Sure. And sometimes we have to make our decisions based on that. Sometimes we have to go with what's happening. And I guess what I'm saying is you're a good friend and I'm sorry. Oh, wow. Oh, the subtext rippling out of that. Hoisted on my own petard. Wow. (laughs) Created a monster. I know. I feel so powerful now. To quote what a great man typed in Zoom, SDF semicolon, L-A-S-D-K-J-F-A semicolon. Take, take your victory, Mark. S- take your win. Okay. <laughs> Good Thanks, game. Brooke. Good game. I really enjoyed you being here. And I learned a lot from you today, Bill. I learned a lot from you, Mark. And I want chips. Hope you enjoyed the show. Get more at philosophyimprov.com. If you want to support the show and get our post-game segments where Bill and I and guests will elaborate on some things that came up in the episode, you can see options to do that at philosophyimprov.com slash support. Thanks. Bankrupt. 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 Bankrupt.